0: The views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT and Take12Radio.com are not affiliated with any particular 12 step fellowship.
1: I ain't there no just about to
2: Welcome to Walking Through the Big Book with Chris Schroeder and Monty Meyer. Now, here's those two guys who investigate prior to contempt, Chris and the Monty Man. And there you are, my friends, my recovery-type-like family, brothers and sisters in the program, out of the program, perhaps needs to be in the program. I don't care why you've tuned in. I'm just glad you have. Welcome to Walking Through the Big Book. Uh, with myself and of course Chris Schroeder, who is on the phone uh, from back east, and we just we just love doing this and bringing this to you uh, every week. Uh, it is it is so rewarding, especially to know that there there is quite a few of you who have emailed us, and actually some groups that get together and listen to this too as well. Right, uh, 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 Chris?
0: Yeah, you know it's, I was really excited to hear that there was a group uh, in New Jersey. At uh, actually a, a veterans hospital, who who download and and uh, put this uh, put this big book workshop on CD, and and they actually sit around and listen to it and uh, are going through the book. This is a, a whole group of uh, of um, people who are in a, a recovery program in, in a, a VA hospital. So. <clears throat> That's always it's always exciting to to hear when when people are uh, are actually actually listening and actually participating. It makes all this worthwhile.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So I just want to give a shout out to those guys. Uh, thank you for for tuning in and downloading this and, and so forth and so on. Uh, uh, best of God's serenity for you as you go through the big book. Well, we um we have uh, boy we're into step ten now. Uh, do you want to do a little review before we start that?
0: Absolutely. You know, Mon- Monty, we've made clear probably a hundred different times in this workshop just how important it is to engage in the recovery process. Uh, one of the things that is incredibly difficult <clears throat> for people to do is is to just stop drinking and, or, or stop doing drugs. <clears throat> and so many people think that, you know, abstinence is the answer. And and for a whole group of people uh abstinence is is not enough what happens is um uh their their attitude uh within abstinence tends to deteriorate over the course of time and what happens is they end up they end up picking back up and relapse is uh, is a huge component of uh of addictive illness uh, unfortunately it doesn't need to be uh but currently it is and like even uh, even the uh, if you look up alcoholism in any of the uh, clinical, uh, the, any of the clinical definitions, it's it's basically described as a chronically relapsing condition. And, you know, Monty, what you and I are about are, we're about uh, uh, taking people away from a chronically uh, relapsing condition. You don't need to chronically relapse if, if you're listening to this podcast. Um, To this podcast, and you know you've you've had a tough time. You've been in and out of twelve-step fellowships. You've been in and out of treatment centers or detoxes, and you just can't seem to stay separated from uh, drugs or alcohol. Uh, There is a way, And, and and there's a there's a very very significant answer in the 12 step process uh the 12 step process has been designed for you specifically especially uh the relapse or the person who has a tough time separating from drugs and alcohol and what we've done is uh, over the last 20 or so shows we've we've gone through the first nine steps and the first nine steps bring us up to uh, making uh, direct amends to, to the people or institutions who we've harmed uh, through the application of our character defects in our lives. And that's, uh, that's a very, very important part of the recovery program, becoming responsible for some of uh, the be- behavior that, uh, that you've had in the past, some of the, some of the harms that you've caused in the past. And it's, it, it's uh, directly proportional to your ability to be able to stay clean and sober moving forward, uh, how well you apply these steps. Uh, how fearlessly and thoroughly you take these steps, but we've you know we've looked at the problem you know in step one we've looked at the solution in steps two and steps three we've looked at um uh how uh, you know how our addiction is showing up in our lives in steps four and five, and we've become ready to move away from that uh that uh the way we uh, we behave and uh, and show up in life in Steps 6 and 7. And in Steps 8 and 9, we take respons- responsibility for the things we've uh, we've done in our past, and that brings us to, to Step 10 tonight.
2: All right, and we are, uh, of course, in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, affectionately known as the big book. And what are we on, page 84?
0: Yes, we're about halfway down the page on page 84. Uh, the last thing that uh, that we read were the Ninth Step Promises. And again, we made very, very clear last week. If you want the ninth step promises, do the first nine steps. That's right. Uh, you're not going to get it by sitting in uh, in the meeting, hoping to get those promises through osmosis. And you're certainly not going to get them by sharing all the drama in your life. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what promises you actually get by sharing your drama. Do, do you, Monty?
2: I think you get the promise of more stress.
0: I think you get the promise of people <laughs> avoiding you. At yeah. The meeting. You, you know. Oh man. But uh, but but anyway, uh, the last paragraph was: Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us. Sometimes quickly because some people go through the steps quickly. Sometimes slowly because some people go through the steps slowly. But they will always materialize if we work for them, and they're they're pretty extraordinary uh, uh, promises. Uh, This thought brings us to Step 10, which suggests we take personal inventory, uh, continue to take personal inventory, and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Now, we've learned how to take personal inventory in Step 4. We've learned that it's our resentments or our anger, uh, the way fear manifests in our life, and uh, the, the, the guilt and remorse that we feel from the harms that we've caused, uh, that uh, are, are directly, uh, directly proportional uh, to our addiction or our alcoholism. And so uh, in Step 10, we need, we're being told we need to continue uh, to take personal inventory and continue to set right uh, any new mistakes as we go along. We've learned in steps 8, and especially Step 9, how to do that, how to set right any mis- new mistakes that we make as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleared up the past. Now, using that sentence, what I'll do when I'm taking somebody through the steps is I'll, <clears throat> I'll get them into steps 10 and 11 while they're making their amends. And I do that basically because it says, uh, we vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So let's, let's say this is the first time somebody's going through the steps. Uh, I, I want to bring them into steps ten and eleven while they're in the process of going out and making direct amends. Making direct amends takes a certain amount of power it, it it's it, sometimes it's it's uh, it's a very very uh uh difficult thing. To, to go and make direct amends to people. We have a lot of trepidation. We have a lot of fear connected with actually going and, and uh, knocking on somebody's door and walking in and admitting your faults. Sure. Uh, so we need all the power we can get so that we, you know, we, we ensure our success with the step. We want to be as fearless and as thorough with step nine as we can. And sometimes, through prayer and meditation, and, Monty, you know this as well as anybody, prayer prayer and meditation offers one a lot of power in their life. Amen. So we we vigorously commence this way of living as we clean up the past. Now, here's an interesting line. We have entered the world of the Spirit. The next, uh, Monty, I I gave you an assignment a couple of weeks ago. Here's a new one. Uh the next time you're asked for a topic uh at a at a recovery meeting okay make the topic could could everyone here uh uh who who has entered the world of the spirit share their personal experience with that and then see, <laughs> and then see what happens
2: i I would suspect that I would probably get uh a a look on a lot of people's faces that would say to me what <laughs>
0: I'm, I know I'm getting you in trouble with, uh, with, 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 <laughs> with my home group when, I, when I'm doing this. But the fact of the matter is, is there's not a lot of people who are going to share right. uh, their experience on entering the world of the Spirit, because there's not a lot of people who've gone through the first nine steps in a fearless and thorough way. If you've gone through the first nine steps in a fearless, fearless and thorough way, you're going to understand what the world of the Spirit is. The world of the Spirit manifests its way, itself in many, many different ways in, 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 you know, <laughs> among all of us. But some of the ways that it manifests in me is it manifests in power. Okay? I, have, I have power in my life today to do the things that I never could have done on my own before. I'm, I'm, I'm in tune with an intuitive part of my being and my spirit. And uh, uh, intuition really is knowing without conscious thought. So when I'm uh, when I'm confronted with life on life's terms, life hits you. You, know, you. Monty, we've had our challenges in the last couple of years, both of us. Uh, but I, I, you know, I know you really well, and, and I know that you have handled it in a very spiritual way because they're because you're in tune to. That, that, in, that intuition, knowing right from wrong, knowing whether to go left or right. And I believe that that has a lot to do with being in the realm of the spirit.
2: Mm.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: yeah, I do. I do. In fact, I, I, I think sometimes I wonder, I, you know, I, I look at situations that, uh, well, to, co- to coin a phrase, <laughs> used to baffle me. And I think, that's weird. I didn't get upset about that. You know,
0: yeah. There's a there's a certain power. There's a certain effectiveness. There's an effectiveness that comes into your life, and and I I look at it as you know being connected to the spirit, being connected to God, understanding uh, something intuitively is being awake to uh, God consciousness. Uh You know, what would what would God have us be, and what would He have us do? and being awake to those things is being in the realm of the spirit. And when you're in the realm of the spirit, you have access to that power. Remember in in step 3 we may, we make a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understand him. So God is going to have a care for us and we seek we seek uh we seek God's will for us. And through that seeking we actually find we find that through an intuitive capacity. Uh, within us, and that exposes us to uh, the power of the spiritual realm. And that makes for a great topic in a meeting, if yeah. people have gone through that. If they haven't, quickly the topic of the meeting will change the fear. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Well, good. I am going to do this, and I will report back to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be seeking a new home group pretty soon, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, our next function, our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So that's a function that follows us into step 10. To grow in understanding is to continue to seek out answers uh, in a spiritual way rather than in a selfish way. That's true understanding. And, uh, and to become effective, I- I've become marvelously effective. Like if you would have seen me in the 80s, you would have thought this guy is effective list. You know, <laughs> there's, no, uh, there's no effectiveness in this guy's life. Let's stay away from him. Only problems can follow this guy. Uh, 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 today, you know, people call me up from all over the place asking me about this, that, or the other thing, and and uh, you know, a lot of times, intuitively, especially if I have experience with it, intuitively, I'll I'll be able to to help them, um, not necessarily by telling them to go left or to go right, but uh, but bringing them back to you know the true nature of uh, what's going on, and sometimes asking the right questions you know and and I've become very, very effective at um, at helping people uh it, you know helping helping people in many, many different ways and I'll tell you what you know that's that adds a lot of quality to, to my life you know mm. being helpful is is a really, really great great way to feel good about yourself and good about you know your world yeah and so so when you start to be of help to people you know your whole perspective changes like you look at a newcomer who you know it's it's all about me it's all about me it's all about me okay i've i've gone through the steps now who can i help yeah there's a shift in in attitude an outlook that is absolutely amazing that goes on all of a sudden let's say you're 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 sponsoring them or you're mentoring them or something all of a sudden they're not calling you about themselves anymore they're calling you saying hey i've got this guy i'm working with you know, all of a sudden, it's not about them; it's about how they can be effective and how they can be helpful, and that is an incredible shift in perception uh, with an individual. Yeah. And and it goes a long way toward the, toward their mm-hmm. recovery and their quality of life. Um, this is not an overnight matter. Growing and understanding and effectiveness it should continue for our lifetime. So this is basically telling us that we need to continue to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Those are things that we learned just how dangerous they were in steps four, five, six, and seven. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them, and that's a step seven. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Again, that's steps five and steps nine. Mm-hmm. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. I see. I see step ten as a reactive step. I see it as uh, you know when we get it when we start to move into step eleven, Monty. We'll see that there's basically three disciplines uh, upon awakening, as we move through the day, and when we retire at night. Those are the three different 11-step disciplines. I see step 10 tied in directly with how we move through the day, (laughs) How Mm. how we react out there. We've been given a whole new set of tools for living an effective life and recovering from alcoholism, and we need to start using these tools in a reactive way. When things hit us out there in the world, we're banging our heads out there in the world, we need to know which tool to pull out of our toolkit uh, to use so that we're living a spiritual life. Spiritual living is the answer. Alcoholism is the problem. So step 10 is is a great way to take everything that we've learned and apply it in a reactive way. Mm. Um, love and tolerance of others is our code. Um Love and tolerance of others is not not something that I was thinking a lot of when I was drinking, and it certainly wasn't wasn't something that I was thinking a lot of in my early sobriety. But today, it's everything. Yeah. Everything. If you can learn tolerance, you know, you can get to serenity. If you can learn love, you can add an incredible capacity to the joy of living, you know, so these are things, these are all things that are going to be helpful to us. When I was first exposed to this, I thought that, oh, man, this is like a namby-pamby type of, you know, touchy-feely, you know, you know, uh, th- you know Sunday school type of, uh, oh, oh. It, it's not. It's an effective way of living that will bring you in touch with and in tune with a power that is going to enable you to be and do practically anything you want to be and do in your life.
2: Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that this statement, love and tolerance of others, is our code? Uh, that it act, that it follows that we resolut- re- resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. I mean, because what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing here is he's saying, he's saying, okay, we turn our thoughts to someone we can help, but remember, that someone that that you can help, maybe somebody that is hard for you to tolerate or hard for you to love. So remember, love and tolerance is our code. So we're not just turning to people we can help that uh, uh, are easy to love, are we?
0: Uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll tell you what, the people that ask you for help are usually not the people you would want to ask you for help. You know, they're usually embroiled in an incredible amount of drama and dysfunction. And, and, and but but I'll, but I'll tell you, you know, uh, when you shift your perspective to what you can get to what you can give is when the, is when this whole thing happens. I think that's part of the spiritual awakening. All of a sudden you wait, you awaken to the fact that you are not an island, that the whole universe does not revolve around you, Right. Uh, that, that, that there are uh, that there are or other people out there, and and there are ways that, that you really need to be uh, need to be of help, uh, absolutely. And, and and again, one of the sad, let's say you're in a twelve step fellowship. One of the saddest things that you'll you'll see is somebody uh, saying, you know, I needed a meeting so bad. Well, when you have a spiritual awakening, it's not like I need to get to a meeting because I need one so bad. It's more like, I need to get to a meeting because there's somebody there that probably needs me a, a, a whole lot.
1: Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh-huh.
0: When you go to give instead of go to get, that's part of the spiritual awakening.
2: Yeah, well said.
0: You know, here are, uh, here are the 10-step promises, and again... You know, we there's, there's a lot of times there'll they'll be uh, topics that'll be on the ninth step promises. They come up a whole lot. Rarely do you hear topics that uh, that are tenth ten, ten step meeting topics. Mm-hmm. And again, I believe that that's because not a lot of people complete their amends. Not a lot of people are fearless and thorough about, you know, this whole process in their life. But these are some great promises. These really are the alcoholism promises now these are remarkable promises because you, you you have to understand that this book was written for the hopeless alcoholic the alcoholic that the treatment centers can't help the treatment centers cannot recover these people these are the people who go to twelve and fifteen treatment centers and continue to drink they drink on the way home from the treatment centers that's the type of that's the type of individual this book was written for. Now, with that in mind, taking that in context, let's look at these promises and just see how just remarkable they are. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. We've given up the fight. We're not fighting. We're not fighting anybody. We're not fighting our family. We're not fighting our boss. We're not fighting our neighbors. We're not fighting fighting the, the Republican or Democratic Party. We're not fighting anything anymore. Um uh, We're not even fighting alcohol. Remember how you used to fight to try to, you know, like, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink this weekend. You know, it was was a struggle. Yeah. And you usually end up drinking, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, For by this time, sanity will have returned.
2: Let me ask you a question, Chris. Yes. Or ask you, could you please uh, let the listeners know that are listening to this? that uh ceasing fighting anything or anyone even alcohol is not a justification to go hang around with your stoner and drunken buddies at a brawl <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that i don't know how that would be i don't know how you could use that promise uh, to uh, to justify you know uh, hanging out uh, with, with the people smoking the dope at the grateful dead concert
1: i don't you know, either
2: but i hear i i i hear it oh i can go do anything now I, I could go anywhere and do anything, and that includes, you know, spending hundreds of dollars in Las Vegas. And, yeah, I, I mean, it just, yeah, but, you know, okay, you can go to a wedding where there's drinking. I could do that now. Doesn't faze me. I could go grocery shopping, and I can go to the vegetable aisle, even though it's across from the beer aisle. Doesn't faze me. Um, I, I, and that's all true, but I think some people take this thing to the extreme, and it's ridiculous.
0: But the scary thing, Monty, is, that, is they take the promises uh, literally before they've even got them.
1: Now, yeah. L-
0: let me let me ex- let me explain that. There, there are some promises in here that you can you can go and you can do anything and you can go anywhere, uh, even to the most sordid spots on earth, even to plain old whoopee parties, which is basically a drinking party. There are promises in here that say that however there's a qualification there's more than one qualification the qualification basically is is your spiritual house in order have you gone through these steps have you made your amends are you working with others and then the other the other qualification is is what are your motives? what are your motives doing that uh, is it a selfish motive i just want to go and rip some vicarious pleasure out of this out of this event you know or is it, you know, I, I'm going there to be helpful. I'm going there to, to, to bring and not take. The, most of the time when, when people get into trouble using those promises literally, they're using them before they've had them. By the, time, by the time you are free enough to go to a drinking party if you want to, you most likely don't want to.
2: Exactly. And I've said that before. If my spiritual house is in order, why would I even want to go to that?
0: You know, unless there's like a, a tw- you know it's it's part of a 12 step call like you know I've oh, gone yeah. to bars I've gone into've sure. gone into crack houses you know pulling somebody out on a 12 step call absolutely you know, that, that that's a that's a whole different thing but do I go and, and sit in the crack, crack house to watch somebody smoke crack I mean that would be that would be the last thing I would want to do now you know the, the promises have come true to me like again so so many people want uh, are two steppers. You know, there's step one and there's step 12 or whatever. And, and, and if, you, if you don't have the other 10 steps, you're not going to be effective, and you're, it's going to be very, very dangerous for you to do those kind of things.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, so, uh, again, you can, take, you can take the step literally when you've taken the step. You know, uh, uh, don't, don't, use, uh, don't use pieces of this book as justification for your own selfish behavior. Uh, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Yep. Uh, for by this time, sanity will have returned. That's that's a good promise. Now, now the sanity that they talked about in the second in the second step, return us to sanity, which is uh, in reference to the strange mental blank spot that happens before we put a drink or a drug in our body, that subtle form of insanity that pre- precedes uh, the first drink. You know uh, that. suddenly hits us and we're drinking and using, sanity will have returned. We're not going to be uh, susceptible to finding ourselves drunk or high again. Sanity will have returned. We're going to be able to think sanely and normally about those substances. That's a wonderful promise. Um, We will seldom be interested in liquor. We may, we may have drunk dreams. We may even think, boy, today is a wonderful day. You know, I used to just love cracking a beer on a day like today. You know, we may have thoughts like that, but we will be able to follow them through to the conclusion that it's too bad I can never put alcohol in my body again. It's too bad I cannot handle drugs and can't do them. I mean, we will we'll be able to think the thoughts through. You know, a lot of people say, think the drink through. You hear that all the time. Uh-huh. You can't until you're on step 10. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's not a useful uh, deterrent. That's not, a, that's not a, a defense against drinking. Thinking the drink through is not a defense against drinking until you've completed your fir- the first nine steps and you're on step 10. You hear so many things in the meetings that you can't apply and that's one of them. Yeah. You know, uh, keep your memory green. You can't do that until you're on step 10. So stop telling people to do that and not helping them through the first nine steps.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, know? you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> um, if tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally. We will find that this has happened automatically. You know, what we do, it's really funny, what we do is we don't go after drugs or alcohol in a frontal assault. What we do is we work on our spiritual condition and our relationship with God, and then we find that, we've, that the problem has been solved automatically because of our spiritual work. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. Our drinking problem will be removed by step 10. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. This, that is how we react so long as we keep and fit spiritual condition that is the key right there yep Uh, the problem is going to be removed all right we we can't remove the alcohol problem god has to but what we need to do is we need to keep participating as as much as we possibly can uh to stay fit as far as our spiritual condition is concerned
2: every every deliverance demands maintenance
0: Absolutely, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, God will not render us white as snow without our cooperation. That's a line out of the 12 and 12. How then shall we cooperate? We need to cooperate by maintaining our spiritual condition. That's something that we can do. God will give us power to do that if we ask. God, please give me the the strength and and, and direction to keep myself spiritually fit today. That's a prayer that's going to get answered. You know, it has in your life, hasn't
2: it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, you know, when I when I read that, every time I read that, uh, it, it just comes. That just resonates with me because I can't pinpoint the day or time or exactly when it was. I remember my last drink. I can tell you the day and time. But I can't tell you exactly when it happened when this stuff just doesn't go through my head anymore. It just, I, I just realized at one point. Um, after I'd worked the steps, it wasn't right away, but I just didn't even think about drinking. It just wasn't an issue.
0: Yeah, it's it's it really is. It's the spirit awakening, and once the spirit is awakened, the spirit's not going to let you go back and drink and drug. You can only do that with an, with a, in a you know with a spirit that's asleep. Yeah. But because we've lived on self will. And because we've operated from a very selfish and self-centered foundation, what we've done is we've put our spirit to sleep. And the spiritual awakening is the treatment for alcoholism. It's the treatment for drug addiction. And you can have permanent recovery. You can be permanently recovered from this. You know, there's no cure, per se, but... uh, being in a recovered state is absolutely possible. Many people are experiencing it today, mm-hmm. and it, you know it, it's so difficult when you're trying to uh, to explain this to people uh, uh, because it's such an experience. And sometimes, sometimes trying to quantify an experience is a difficult thing to do. The, uh, you know, when you look at uh, when you look at all the statistics out there from professionals in treatment, they've got Statistics on how many rats will, you know, drink a certain type of heroin drink, and what type of—I mean, you know—it's unbelievably how, how detailed some of some of this uh, this science is as far as the addiction science. However, they've never really been able uh, to do uh, accurate scientific studies on a spiritual awakening, you know, because because it, it is—it's—it's it's so uh, it. it, it it's so difficult to, uh, uh, to to do that because because it's an experience. It's not a set of laws right. or or numbers. Right. So so when I'm when you know when I'm talking to people who are in a treatment center, I do a lot of that. Or when I'm talking to to people in a uh, 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 a detox or something, it's very very difficult for me to explain the spiritual awakening. It's very difficult for me to explain what I mean by being in a state uh, called recovered, uh, because it's an experience. Oh, and that's one of the most difficult things, uh, I think today in 12-step meetings, I think today you know, with counselors, with treatment centers, it's mm-hmm. very, very difficult uh, to talk to them about this if they haven't experienced mm-hmm. it themselves. Mm-hmm. You now, said Somebody that's gone through the 12 steps can talk to somebody else who's gone through the 12 steps, and they understand, and they understand. immediately yeah. that they're on the same wavelength. They're, they're, they're coming from the same platform. You know, you, you and I click that way, because sure. we've both had the, the same experiences. We, you know, we've gone through the steps. We have a deep and effective relationship with God, and we receive the, the power yeah. uh, that you get from yeah. that. Uh, but talking to somebody who still has a spirit that's asleep, is sometimes a very, very difficult thing to do. It's, it's difficult to connect with them. You know, there's, there's, two, there's, two, uh, there's two things that go on today in the recovery fellowships. One of them is, is the spirit of the fellowship, and that's where everybody's running around and they're saying, yay, yay, we don't drink today, you know, and, you know, let's make some more coffee and, and all that stuff. But at a much, much deeper level, is the fellowship of the Spirit. The people who who are living, uh, you know, uh, in that spiritual dimension uh, can connect to each other at a very, very deep level. Right. And, you know, you and I are part of the fellowship of the Spirit, and sometimes we go back into the spirit of the fellowship to try to be of help. Right. Does that make any sense? It,
2: that makes absolute sense. I, I, I want to ask you this. Uh, uh, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit here, but when, when, uh, you gave me the assignment to go ask what recovery meant, uh, uh, of, of folks in, in the meeting, uh, one of the things, <clears throat> one of the things that, that I've done and I've done it for, for a while is, uh, w- when I introduced myself, I introduced myself as a recovered alcoholic. I, I've done that for a long time and lots of people use all sorts of ways of introducing themselves. That just happens to be mine. Um, and, uh you know we've talked about before about the controversy of recovered recovering and all that um but when i asked the question of of what does recovery mean uh and i had mentioned that i was recovered uh a gentleman who's been around for quite a while said well that's not true what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition and so aren't we mincing words there
0: well you know it, some people get confused with the semantics, and, you know, uh, I support every single person, most of my friends introduce themselves, uh, you know, wherever they go, uh, as recovered alcoholics, I, I personally don't do it, uh, uh, and, and it's a personal choice on, on, you know, for me, because what I don't want to do is I don't want to, I, I don't want to shut your mind to anything that I'm going to say, and and if if you misunderstand what I mean by recovered, you could just, you could just, not want to listen to any, any other thing that I say. So, so I, I don't do it myself, but if you'll notice that there's over 30 places in this book that, that, uh, that basically explain that we are, uh, recovered with an ED. Mm
1: -hmm. There's over
0: 30 places in this book. Now, it depends on how you define recovered. And this is basically what I'll explain to somebody. I'll go, I am not cured but I'm recovered. Right. The difference between being cured and recovered is this. Let's say, let's say you have pancre- pancreatic cancer and you go in for a treatment and you are cured. That means the pancreatic cancer is gone. It doesn't exist. You do not have cancer anymore. That's not what happens to us as alcoholics, because if we take the first drink, whether we're spiritually fit or not, it's going to create the phenomenon of craving and we're going to end up getting drunk. We're not, we're not cured because there is still a part of our alcoholism that's active and always will be, and that's in our ability to process alcohol. But we can be recovered. Now, if you have pancreatic cancer and you're recovered from it, that means the symptoms have been removed. So I'm a recovered alcoholic. The symptoms of my alcoholism, have been removed, mm-hmm. and the symptomology is the defective relationships, you, you know, the mental obsession, all of all, you know, uh, the the resentment, the fear, the shame, the guilt, remorse. Those those are gone. I'm 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 recovered. I, I don't suffer from those anymore. The symptoms of my alcoholism have been removed, and I don't suffer anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, I believe that we are recovered i I don't identify myself uh you know at a treatment center or whatever uh that way because I don't want to shut somebody's mind prior to my uh my my ch- my sharing my experience strength and hope but that's a personal choice many of my friends want people to know uh that they're recovered so that if anybody you know wants what they have uh they'll know that they're individuals that actually have something. Sure, you know? sure. And sure. I, su- I support that, too. I'm, I'm completely not judgmental on that. But uh, uh, but, uh, but if someone thinks that you're always recovering, let's look at that for a moment. Yeah. Let's say you have pancreatic cancer and you're in the recovery room in the hospital. What does that mean? That means that you're not, you're not in an acute situation anymore. You're not in the ICU. You're in the recovery room. But you're still getting better, and you're still showing all kinds of signs of the illness. So, you know, I don't introduce myself as a recovering alcoholic because that because that would mean I'm really still sick. Yeah. And and, and that's not an accurate representation of what I am. Certainly, if I put alcohol back in my body, the phenomenon of craving will take over, and I'll get blithering, tongue chewing and knee walking drunk. But. The fact of the matter is, is I've been restored to sanity. I'm not going to put the alcohol back in my body as long as I stay spiritually fit. A day at a time I stay spiritually fit. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. recovered. I'm, I'm recovered. And the people who want to argue that fact with you are two people. They're people who've never gone through the steps and are still fighting alcohol every single day of their life, hanging on by a thread. Or they're people who misunderstand what the big book means by recovered, they're one of those, those two people. Sure. You you know, and I've had people argue with me, believe me, uh, you know, that they want to, they want to tackle me after I've talked. And, um, and, you know, uh, I just, I have a different, uh, they've got a different perspective than I do. But the fact of the matter is, is would you, would you want to always be recovering? No. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, neither would I. No, you know, and 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 another another strange fact is people who identify themselves as recovering alcoholics usually aren't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or else you wouldn't say that, right? You yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah, you bet, you it's, bet. It's kind of sad, you know. Sorry if I've ruffled feathers out there. It if that's is. That's what you're doing. Well, what I
2: what I <laughs> do, and just and then we'll get back on this. But what I do is my complete introduction usually goes something like this. I'm Monty. I'm a recovered alcoholic. That is to say that I have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: and that's what that's what I usually say because I found out when I just said I'm a recovered alcoholic, it kind of left people going, "Huh? You know?"
1: Well,
0: yeah, you know, there's a million people out there that that say you're never cured, and and you know they're they're right, and they think that means you're never recovered.
2: Right. Two different things. but
0: But that's just not that's just not what this book is saying. You know, don't take my promises away from me. This book is promising me I'm going to be recovered. Don't, you're you're not in charge of my promises. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, again, it's it it can be semantic. And uh, um, again, you know, I'll, I'll I'll say later on in my talk that I'm recovered. But you know, after I've explained what what that what that is, which sure. is basically what you do. Uh, but uh, but you know, uh, again, if if uh, if you're the people especially the people that say oh, i'm a slowly recovering alcoholic you know y- yeah you are <laughs> <laughs> you 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 sure are and that's 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 kind of sad uh but uh, <laughs> but anyway you know listen I take these promises seriously. These, these are gifts. These are wonderful promises that are that are uh, that are offered to me for doing some spiritual work with God's help, and uh, you know I take them seriously, and and I can offer that to the to the newcomer as some hope. The worst thing you can do is just tell somebody just don't drink and just don't drug, no matter what. That, you know when somebody says that to me, I go well, well that's not good enough. Okay, there was at least some kind of payoff me, using drugs or alcohol, I couldn't stand sobriety, and I needed something. To, I needed a vacation from my emotional condition, you know, because I just couldn't stand sobriety. It was untenable for me. So, if you just tell me just to not drink and just to not drug, you're not offering me enough. There's not enough payoff for me. I know what sobriety is like. Sobriety is horrible. Recovery is a whole nother ball game. You need to offer somebody a reasonable alternative to sobriety, and that's re- that's being in the state called recovered. That is all that they were looking for in drugs and alcohol to begin with. Hmm. That's just being at perfect peace and ease. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that what we were looking for in drugs and alcohol? Yes, absolutely. Well, that's what the state called recovered can offer you, perfect yeah. peace and ease. Not always but most of the time sure you know most of the time i am at perfect peace and ease i, I really am even when crazy things are going on monty mm-hmm. and i know you're the same way i, oh, yeah. I know you very very well you, you 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 smile you can smile through a hurricane <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> pretty much and if you and if you could bottle that and sell it you'd not crack off the market You know, that ability to be at perfect peace and ease.
1: Yeah, yeah, right on.
0: (laughs) Uh, Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from Him who has all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed direction, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that needs more action. Let's look at some of these pr- these promises. I know these are some of your favorite promises, Monty, because these are these are the getting the power from God promises.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the
0: blow of His Spirit into us. Oh uh, yeah, we've begun to develop a God consciousness, and it's become a sixth sense. I mean, how unbelievable is that?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. When I think of when I think of uh, of the first time that I really realized, I woke up in the back of my pickup truck in Houston, Texas, down in the worst area, and realized that I had no money, no friends, I wasn't even in the state I lived in, and I was one hundred percent homeless. Thinking of that that place that I was in and today the relationship I have with God that if by no fault of my own I ended up homeless again that I could have peace and serenity in the middle of that 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 just blows me over, Chris. It just blows me over.
0: It's it's being it's being bulletproof. I mean, you know, uh where where is the number one place you're gonna find twelve step fellowships meeting at? Churches. Churches, okay. Now I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of uh, of ministers and priests. You, you, you're personal friends with a, a number of them yourself. Yep. And the basic story I, I've gotten from them is, is that they are upstairs and they're they're basically uh, they're basically helping to save the saved. I mean, every everyone is is saved and they're talking around. Yeah, you know, you're we're being saved. We're being saved a lot of the work is going on down in the basement to save more souls now listen if 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 you get to the point in step 10 here you know you're pretty much you're pretty much saved from alcoholism but if you start to feel the flow of god's spirit into you mm-hmm. become god conscious and it becomes part of your sixth sense you start to receive strength inspiration and direction from the from the God who has all knowledge and power, what is that but being, being reborn? What is that but being saved? Exactly. And the and these these ministers and these priests, the, the people who ho, who who host the twelve step meetings for ten dollars a week, which doesn't even cover the heat, you know, for the room. They they do that because they understand some real serious spiritual work is going on in the basement, and they support it. Yep. Yeah, you know they support it because they know what's going on. And sometimes we can we can touch these people who are lost, yeah, who are destitute. Sometimes we can touch these people and get them ready to send them upstairs.
2: And, and you know, uh, my my pastor uh, has actually said there's uh, for years there was an NA meeting meeting in the back and on Friday nights, and he would tell uh, the congregation on occasion he'd say, "Now listen, I'm going to tell you something." This is not a ministry of Lebanon Four Square Church, but it is an extension of Lebanon Four Square Church. And I used to be so impressed by that because he felt so strongly that there was a spiritual thing going on between that meeting back there and what he was teaching folks about God and that there was, there, it was joined. It was really joined, and I, I I appreciate that so much well and and pastor mitch is a a, a recovered alcoholic too, so i mean he's kind of biased
0: <laughs> yeah he, he's kind of really he, on an experiential level he's going to realize yeah. but you know m- many ministers or, or or priests or rabbis who who don't uh have experience with uh with addictive illness, they still recognize the power
2: yes they do of what's
0: going on downstairs yep you know it really is it really is a missionary. Endeavor. Yes, it is. And again, there's nothing, nothing in my life, and I know I speak for you too. There's nothing in my life uh, that has been more important than seeking that, uh, you know, finding that strength and inspiration, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from He who has all power. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's answered all of my problems, not just my alcohol problem, all of my
2: problems. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. You bet. You bet. Well, we are. Uh, embarking on step 11 next week it looks
0: like right yeah step 11 is just a wonderful step
2: it is getting close to the 12th step i know we have uh, we have more after that but um this is just so much fun it is just so much fun it's a hoot for me and <laughs> uh, it really is and i i am ready to go out and uh, you said something here a while back about uh, every time you go through this thing, you get another big book, and I'm about ready to go get one. I've got pages falling out now, and it's all your fault.
0: I, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to ask you if you don't mind while we go through uh, the chapter working with others, Monty. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to ask you to be doing some things while we're going through, uh, because. Um, uh, there are so many so many people don't understand that there are specific directions in how to help other people mm-hmm. and there are so many instructions in step twelve what what i 'm going what i'm going to want you to do is number them as we go through the chapter working with others so that we can see just how many instructions there are uh in that chapter for working with others so if you have a new a new book that would probably be a good thing oh that'd be great okay if L- you don't mind doing that. I
2: look forward to it okay, all right, man. Uh, Chris, thank you once again For taking us through this wonderful book Called Alcoholics Anonymous Which most of us know as the big book It is such a treat And uh, I I know that uh, you look forward to it too
0: Thank you so much for the opportunity, Monty It's it's always fun
2: Thank you Okay, and uh, stay on the line for a minute Folks, this is great stuff, man And the good thing about it is You can play it over and over again Don't forget to join us next week when once again, myself and Chris Schroeder walk through the Big Book.